Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 129 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 129 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. And we kick things off with Cowboy Brock Lesnar coming out ahead of his last man standing match against Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in a few weeks' time at SummerSlam. And he claims that Roman Reigns is high on the hog of success. He's taking private jets to his private island. He's living at his very fancy compound and he's living it up. But he should know by now that I hunt and slaughter hogs every single day. So I have no problem taking out the tribal hog at SummerSlam and becoming the new WWE undisputed universal champion. And this leads to a very special appearance by Paul Heyman, the special counsel to the tribal chief. And Paul Heyman notes that Brock, I've known you for 20 plus years. All you know is destruction and pain. And Roman is more meticulous. He's all about the pinfalls and the submissions. But you, you won't stop until you maim your opponent. Until you put them in the hospital or the morgue. There's no stopping you. And you've broken many streaks in WWE. You've beaten the best. But let it be known right now that Roman Reigns is approaching 700 days as the undisputed Universal Champion. That is one streak that you will not be able to break Brock. Because if Roman has to, he will put his hand up your ass and rip your heart out of your chest to stop you at SummerSlam to truly be the last man standing beyond a shadow of a doubt. And as Brock is about to respond to that bold statement, Theory, the 2022 Mr. Money in the Bank comes out to say that both of you are going to be down and out at SummerSlam. And I'm going to be in position to become the youngest universal champion in history. But Brock, I want to show you something. And the same goes for Paul Heyman as well, because this could be Roman Reigns' fate at SummerSlam in that last man standing match. And we cut to Elimination Chamber from earlier this year. We're inside the chamber and Brock is vying for the WWE Championship. And come to find out, we go up to the top of the pod and Brock drops Theory with an absolutely gnarly F5. And for some reason, we black out the moment he drops on the grating for whatever reason. I think that enough time has elapsed for us to show the full clip, but I digress. And Theory says, remember this. Because I'm still standing, I got this briefcase, and I'm going to cash in. And Brock invites Theory to get in the ring with him right now. But that leads to a sneak attack courtesy of Alpha Academy's Chad Gable and Otis. And Gable is going to chop block Brock behind his back, but he shrugs it off. And he proceeds to whoop ass accordingly on Gable and Otis, delivering an overhead suplex to Gable in the ring and on the floor a few times. He clotheslines Otis out of the ring, and he smashes both dudes in the face with the still steps before he picks up Otis with the greatest of ease and delivers an F5 to Otis through the announce table, and the fans pop for that. And I loved the visual destruction 
of Brock whooping ass and him picking up Otis like he was nothing was incredibly impressive to wrap up the opening segment of Monday Night Raw. I thought that Brock was over as a babyface. Paul Heyman was sensational once again, trying to sell the fans on this matchup the last time ever encounter, allegedly, between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns heading into SummerSlam. But I was not very fond of the what chance to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is one of the greatest talkers in WWE history. The one thing you don't do is what him when he's got something to say. And he had a lot to say last night, but I think that... Hand up the ass and grabbing the heart from the chest definitely shut them up, which was a very good thing at the end of the day. In theory, was a nice annoyance to get under people's skin. I don't think he's going to cash in successfully at SummerSlam. We shall see. But this was a nice way to set the table for SummerSlam in a few weeks' time in Nashville, Tennessee. Next up is Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor. And Damian Priest demands the San Antonio crowd to rise. And they do not rise. And they give him the what chant as well as they go through Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary in WWE coming up in a couple of weeks in Madison Square Garden. But Damien claims you're washed, you're old, and you're nothing more than a bunch of tricks that never belonged to you in the first place. And Finn Balor calls Rey a terrible father, which leads Dominic and Rey going after Damien Priest and Finn Balor after they once again try to recruit Dominic to dump his father and join Judgment Day. He declines, of course, as we lead to Ray versus Finn after the commercial break. We come back, and Finn is going to avoid a moonsault attempt by Ray from the top rope, but he's going to clip the left knee of Ray Mysterio, and he goes after it for a bit, slows down the pace. Ray does come through with a lovely sunset flip powerbomb to Finn Balor against the barricade as we go to another commercial break. We come back, and Ray lands her Karana in the ring, followed by the 619 to Finn as well. He goes up top four, the frog splash, but Finn ducks out of the way and says, I'm smarter than Ray, look at me, but Ray is going to go for a crucifix pin on Finn Balor for a very close near fall. Finn does recover, land a reverse elbow drop on Finn, followed by the coup de grace on the top rope for the win as Finn and Damian Priest stare down Dominic Mysterio. And one can only imagine if and or when Dominic flips on his father at long last. I do sense that WWE did not hype Ray's 20th anniversary in WWE at MSG for no reason. Something's going down in NYC, and it might be the long-awaited Dominic Mysterio heel turn. But as always, we shall see. Next up is Becky Lynch standing on the announce table, cutting a pretty good promo about how she's been held down by the man as of late in WWE because she defeated Asuka in a no hose barred match last week to end their feud officially. And she thought to herself, self, I beat Asuka. That means I'm the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Oh no. Carmella jumps the line and gets my title shot instead. In fact, I was owed an automatic rematch the Monday after WrestleMania and I never got it. Instead, I was put in triple threat matches against Asuka and Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. I had to jump through who to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Not once, but twice. Got in and still lost. And then I beat Oscar last week and I still cannot get a shot at the championship. But let it be known that my comeback story will culminate at SummerSlam and I will face either Carmella or Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. I don't care who wins this match tonight. I'm walking out of SummerSlam champion regardless. And I thought Becky cut a very good promo, made her point crystal clear as to why she's got next on the Raw Women's Championship, which leads to Bianca Belair versus Carmella for the Raw Women's Championship. And I got to say, this match was very good, much better than their outing at Money in the Bank nearly two weeks ago on Peacock. But the crowd reactions did not help this match because we've been there and done that dating back to last summer. And when you see things once, twice, thrice or more, you do get numb to it but I do appreciate the effort that Bianca and Carmella put in because they really gave their 
their best match to date against each other. Carmella was really good down the stretch as well as she was able to block some of Bianca's signature moves at one point and she goes up top for a crossbody and Bianca Belair catches Carmella with ease. Not a stumble, not a miss. And she lifts her up for a vertical suplex in a beautiful spot. She goes for the glam slam, but Carmella rolls through for a pinning combination. And eventually, Bianca Belair is going to go for the KOD on Carmella. But Carmella grabs the ropes and is able to leverage herself to hit a face buster out of nowhere on Bianca for a very close near fall. The crowd could have got into it a bit more, but they just kind of sat in their hand as Bianca did hit the glam slam eventually, followed by a clothesline and a spine buster for two. So Carmella's going to take a breather take a timeout, say peace out on this match. But Bianca Belair chases her down, but Carmella rakes Bianca's eyes and is struggling to get back in the ring to beat the 10 count. Becky Lynch stops Bianca and Bianca loses via countout. Carmella thinks she's a champion. It's a symbolic victory. Bianca cannot lose a championship via countout or disqualification. And Carmella gloats a wee bit too much while holding Bianca's championship belt. And she gets dropped with a KOD for her efforts to wrap up the segment. And I am getting deja vu vibes from last year's SummerSlam. Because it was supposed to be Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha was not medically cleared to compete. We did not get word until the actual match was supposed to take place on the card. Carmella was a replacement. Then Becky Lynch came out to replace Carmella, which led to Becky Lynch beating Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship in 26 seconds. So I guess they want to run it all the way back with Carmella versus Becky versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam. In storyline, it makes perfect sense. It's a full circle moment. Am I tired of the roundabout three ways? Yes, but I'll accept it if Bianca walks away with a W to make up for the 26th second moment from hell at last year's SummerSlam in Las Vegas as Becky will continue to spiral without a championship heading into the fall. Next up is Miz TV involving the Miz and special guest Ciampa. And for three months, I've been wondering to myself, why has Ciampa been randomly attacking people on Monday Night Raw? From Mustafa Ali to Riddle to AJ Styles, what is the reason? And he tells us that he realizes that the best way to get attention is to be associated with someone like The Miz. So essentially, Ciampa is a clout chaser, and Miz holds all the clout in WWE in his eyes. Not a bad strategy, as The Miz calls out Logan Paul for a promo he cut online last week about how Miz and him are not partners anymore, and they will face each other at SummerSlam one-on-one. And The Miz chalks us up to good publicity. This is a swerve. And if you don't change your mind next week to prove that we belong together as a tag team and that we're meant to be the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, then I'll find a more suitable replacement for you in the form of of Ciampa and that leads to AJ Styles coming out to confront the Miz and his tiny tiny balls his words not mine as AJ Styles is supposed to face the Miz and Ciampa in a two-on-one handicap match but Ezekiel comes out to even the odds and this is now a tag team match as we come back from commercial break we come back and Ezekiel is delivering some nice chops to Ciampa in the corner but eventually he is isolated away from AJ Styles as the Miz and Ciampa double team him as we go to another commercial break we come back and Zeke does make the hot tag to AJ Styles who cleans house on Ciampa and the Miz as Styles drops the Miz with a nice gut buster for a near fall Styles shoves Ciampa off the apron before Miz is a low DDT for two Styles reverses a skull crushing finale into a five miscarry neck breaker 
but Ciampa breaks that up. Ezekiel is able to lay out Ciampa at ringside before the Miz drop kicks Ezekiel on the floor. Styles is able to lock in the calf crusher on the Miz and Ciampa breaks it up and he goes after Styles a wee bit too much. And as referee counts to five, Ciampa still up in that ass. So we get an automatic DQ of this match, unfortunately. But Styles is able to fight back by delivering a phenomenal forearm to Ciampa on the outside. And Ezekiel is still sleeping on the floor as I speak because he was nowhere to be found to save his partner in the clutch, which sucks because we just had back-to-back matches end via DQ and count out. So WWE gave us variety for all of the wrong reasons to protect the Miz heading into SummerSlam as he will face Logan Paul. Could it be one-on-one? It's definitely a possibility, but most likely it will be Styles and Logan Paul versus The Miz and Ciampa at SummerSlam. And the question is, can Logan Paul get cheered by the WWE audience? I do not know. The guy can work. We saw him do a nice job at WrestleMania against the Mysterios with Miz as his tag team partner. Styles is equally as great in the ring, and they can do some nice things, but will the fans cheer Logan Paul? Will The Miz be able to generate some semblance of Hill Heat to get himself over as a bad guy and position Logan Paul as a good guy? That is going to be a tall task. But in WWE, anything is possible, even if it looks improbable on paper and in some cases reality as well. Next up is Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop versus Asuka and Alexa Bliss. And the match was fine for what it was. It was just a way to kill time on last night's show. Did not generate a lot of heat, unfortunately, as Asuka delivers a nice knee strike to Nikki A.S.H. down the stretch. Dewdrop is going to try to wipe out Asuka with a running set on the floor, but Asuka ducks it and Dewdrop lands very hard on the floor as Alexa Bliss lands the DDT on Nikki for the win a nice win for the baby faces. That is all as the WWE women's tag team titles remain on ice for reasons after they declared a tournament weeks ago, which has not come to fruition as of right now. And I wonder why. Hmm. Next up is the WWE undisputed tag team champions. The Usos coming out to say that the bloodline is now in your city. They throw up the ones and remind everyone that we are a broken record. We are the best of the best. We dominate Raw and SmackDown. Do whatever we want when we want. And we're going to put those street profits in their place at SummerSlam to remain your undisputed WWE tag team champions. The street profits come out and Montez Ford lets it be known that I wasn't pinned at Money in the Bank. My shoulders were up, so you proven nothing to us. And when we went back at SummerSlam, we're walking out with your titles because we are up and we want the smoke. And for unexplained reasons, our truth comes out. And he says that I can counsel both teams to get along better. I am a tag team counselor. I can help you guys out. And Jay and Jimmy tell our truth to kick rocks before they kick his ass. And our truth says, hey, I'm also a certified referee, and I would love to audition to be the special guest referee for your tag team championship match at SummerSlam. He wears the jersey underneath his t-shirt, and he is going to do a demonstration of a three count and the 10 count, and Jay's face is about to break because he cannot keep a straight face. When R-Truth is on the scene, you can't keep it together, and last night was no exception. And he offers to team up with the Street Profits against the Usos. And for more random reasons, MVP comes out with Omos, and MVP volunteers Omos' services to the Usos in a six-man tag team match, which takes place after the commercial break. And the match was 
good, not great, as Street Profits go up top and do double dives on the Usos. And Angelo Dawkins, for all of his high-flying prowess as a blade, he face plants on the floor. It does not go well. Or Truth wants to get froggy as well. He goes for a dive on the outside to Omos, and Omos catches him immediately and slams him on the floor. As we go to commercial break, we come back, and our truth is still being worked over by Omos and the Usos for a bit. But eventually, Ford makes a high attack. It's a blockbuster, and a setting moonsault on Jimmy Uso. For a near fall, Omos gets involved, and the Sheik Prophets slam Omos into the ring post, which allows Montez and Angela Dawkins to set up Jimmy for the Doomsday device, which is broken up by Jay in the nick of time. Truth is going to go for the John Cena comeback, but Omos is going to slam him in two. There's still steps to stunt his momentum, and Dawkins gets rocked with a super kick by Jay, but... Angelo fires up with an enziguri and a spitting clothesline in the corner to Jay as well. But unbeknownst to Dawkins, Omos gets the hot tag and Dawkins wipes out Jay with a spine buster. But Omos comes with a tree slam on Dawkins for the win. A very curious booking decision by WWE as Omos has nothing to do with Profits versus Usos. For the Undisputed Tag Team titles at SummerSlam in a few weeks' time, I just felt like this was a very bad booking decision. Let the Profits get the win to prove a point. If you want the Usos to do 50-50 booking, that's fine as well. But Omos was just there for reasons, and he got the victory and overshadowed the tag team match in the process, which sucks in a lot of ways. But there's a couple of weeks to get it together prior to some of the hoping that WWE gets his view back on track because Usos versus Profits for the Undisputed Tag Team titles could be a show stiller in Asheville in a few weeks time. Next up is another sleekly produced cryptic vignette of someone returning to WWE and the evidence suggests now more than ever that it's Edge, RKO Banner, Mick Foley's flannel shirt, John Cena's You Can't See Me, These are all prolific feuds associated with Edge. So therefore, it's for him, and I'm intrigued regarding his comeback, and will he have a friend or two joining along for this journey? Because right now, it's pretty uneven with Judgment Day up to and Edge all by his lonesome. So I cannot wait to see this Edge return very soon. Now, considering everything, the 20th anniversary of Ray's debut in WWE will go down in MSG. It would be a moment for Edge and Ray to reunite as a tag team against Judgment Day and flip Dominic in the process of SummerSlam. But as always, we shall see when it comes to WWE and how they lay things out for the future. And now it is time for our main event featuring Bobby Lashley, the reigning defending United States champion alongside Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins and Mr. Money in the Bank Theory. And Bobby Lashley is still over with the people, thankfully. And he delivers a combo flatliner DDT to both Rollins and Theory in a pretty sweet spot. Rollins recovers and goes for a dive on the outside, but Bobby catches him and Bobby slams him into the ring post, rips first, and that allows Riddle to lay out Theory with a PK kick on the outside as well. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Dolph Ziggler comes out suited up and he is going to sit at ringside for the rest of this match as we come back from commercial break. We come back and Rollins is going to deliver a reverse top rope superplex to Riddle for a near fall. Rollins is going to stay in control for a bit until Riddle is going to fight him off with a Pele kick. Theory gets tagged in. He's going for that rolling drop kick through the ropes, but... Riddle catches him into the bro mission in a pretty sweet counter. They fight and struggle for position until Lashley gets the hot tag from Riddle and he goes wild on Rollins before he gives Theory a big choke slam. Rollins comes through with two rolling forearms. 
to the back of Lashley's neck, lands a frog splash for two. Riddle gets tagged in. He meets Theory in the ring, goes for a power slam and a dripping DDT. He goes for the RKO, but Rollins pulls Theory out of the ring in the nick of time, and that allows Lashley to spear Rollins through the barricaded ringside, and the fans pop for that spot. And Theory is going to try to cheat to win by putting his feet on the ropes to pin Riddle. But Dolph Ziggler knocks his feet off the ropes. The fans pop at this. And this leads to Riddle landing an RKO on Theory for the win. And the fans are very happy about this. Bobby and Riddle celebrate. And then we get Ziggler in the ring confronting Theory. And he super kicks his ass for good measure. And the crowd pops again as Raw goes off the air with Dolph Ziggler standing tall. And I was shocked, but pleasantly surprised by this outcome. And I'm intrigued by this Dolph Ziggler babyface turn because I didn't see it coming. This was completely unexpected. And I want to care about Dolph Ziggler because for a very long time, I did. I was a ride or die Dolph Ziggler fan up until five years ago. And he completely lost me with one note character performances that did not hook me emotionally he was a one note heel being a multi-time tag team champion for reasons alongside Robert Roode and Drew McIntyre and I just did not care granted he had a pretty decent run at NXT a few months ago and then that fills it out as well so if Dolph Ziggler is going to be a babyface against Theory I need Ziggler to tap into something he has not done in a very long time and that is speak his truth he did so Nearly six years ago against The Miz, as they had a great feud for the Intercontinental Championship, a matchup and feud that really got both guys back on track in terms of being top-tier stars in WWE. So it's not impossible for Ziggler to get a new leash on life in 2022. It's sorely needed. And if there is anybody that can guide Theory along this journey, it's Dolph Ziggler. But I need Ziggler to step up in terms of personality and charisma. I know deep down he has it in him. He just got to pull it out and stop resting on his laurels so much. So if he can cut a stellar promo next Monday, that can convince me that he has what it takes to be a babyface. That can get over with the people once again. I'm back on board the Dolph Ziggler experience. If not, I will stand by everything I've said in print and on this mic over the last five years. I'm over Dolph Ziggler as a character and a performer in WWE. And I don't want to feel that way, but he's given me no choice over the last five years. Give me a reason to care Dolph Ziggler and I'll buy in once again. I gave you a reprieve a few months ago during your excursion on 2.0 when you became NXT champion and I was kind of here for it. I kind of miss Ziggler of old that talked shit and backed it up. Bring that swag to Monday Night Raw and then just maybe perhaps I'll be back on your side for the first time since 2017. But as always, we shall see. And with that, this wraps up a pretty okay edition of Monday Night Raw. The San Antonio crowd was definitely dry because they've seen it all before. A lot of DQs, a lot of countouts, some finishes that were kind of wacky, but they got a good closer with Dolph whooping up on Theory. That was a very nice surprise and something that we did not see coming. So for that, I would give WWE props as the road to SummerSlam continues with WWE making an important pit stop at Madison Square Garden in a couple of weeks time on Monday Night Raw. That should be 
a very important show. The heavy hitters should be in attendance. Returns are possible as WWE puts the finishing touches on SummerSlam between MSG and the final go-home show in Atlanta in a few weeks' time as well. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 129 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Receptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows. The drop on this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Receptopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 77 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>